It is Talking Into Infinity, a dream theater podcast, and joining us today to talk about his new release, The Vortex, which comes out on July 1st, is uh, the former keyboard player of Dream Theater, as well as a uh, member of Sons of Apollo, and you certainly know him from Black Country Communion, and basically he's played with every guitar player on the sun, under the sun. I, I almost wonder why he's a keyboard player instead of a guitar player, but he is awesome. He is the great Derek Sherinian. Derek, how are you, man? I'm great, gentlemen. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, man. Well, well, Derek, uh, let, let's get right into it, man. We, You've uh, shared the first single from your uh, new release that's coming called um, The Vortex, and um, and the first song is the, is the self-title or the, the album title. So it's obviously probably the most important track to the album. So tell us a little bit about not only the track, but the album itself and um, how it came to be at this point. Well, The Vortex is pretty much a continuation of my previous album, The Phoenix from 2020. Simon Phillips and I just have a great writing chemistry and he's so involved in my recording i mean he's co-writing co-producing mixing and playing drums and right. so he's very involved and so we had such a great time doing the phoenix and great response that we just wanted to keep that energy going on this new release and i think that we successfully did that and we brought things up a notch as far as composition and and playing and across the board Sure. Now, now, Derek, what is it about Simon? Because, you know, anybody that's followed your career knows that you are, you know, you are sort of the mad scientist when it comes to this stuff. I know I've interviewed Jeff Scott Soto several times and he always talks about how you are the, you know, the keeper of all sounds that comes together in, in Sons of Apollo. So how, what is it about Simon that that adds to what you already do? Oh, it's this where to start. He's just so seasoned. I mean, Simon has been been doing records since the uh, the early '70s, and he just has such a great musicality to everything he plays. And sonically in the studio, he's so powerful. He knows how to get the very best sounds, and it just there's a level of excellence with Simon Phillips and everything that he does that just permeates, and you can't help but have that come off of you come you know get on you by being close to him and so i'm very blessed that i've been able to to work so closely with simon and the stuff rubs off there's just you can't help it it's just gonna happen hey derek when you work with this many different guitar players there's noodle betancourt's on here michael shinker do you have in your mind as you're recording the song, okay, I want this guy to play on this song. This is exactly what I have in mind. And then you Yeah, sometimes it works out like that, or sometimes it works out with, um, I'll collaborate. Steve Stevens, for instance, on the song, uh, Seven Seas sent me this riff, which I thought was great. And then we started collaborating from there. But then other times, like with Michael Shanker, he asked me to play on his Immortal album in 2020, and he loved, you know, how it sounded. And afterwards, he goes, oh, Derek, thank you so much. He goes, how much do I owe you? And I said, come on, man, you're Michael Shanker. I can't charge you. I go, but you can play on my next record. And he goes, okay, of course. And so I wrote the song Die Cobra with in mind trying to write the ultimate Michael Shanker instrumental. So in a case like that, 
that's how that worked out. And on the new album, did you get a chance to do anything live or was it just a, you know, this is COVID and it's just too, too expensive and just everything going no, on? No, we had, well, we had Lukather and Joe Bonamassa drove up from LA to Ojai where Simon and I were tracking and that was all in person in the studio and that was fantastic. And Tony Franklin came up and cut live, but everyone else, you know, recorded from their own studios. Right on, man. Well, well, Derek, when you are when you're doing a release like this, and, and Brian mentioned it briefly about how you how you work with the gu different guitar players, it seems to me, and this is also going back to Blood of the Snake and other things that you've done. You are, even though you are, you know, one of the cutting edge keyboard players in the world, it really seems to me like you write from a guitar standpoint, or or at least you think from a guitarist standpoint. So talk a little bit about that, man. Are, are you guitars first, even though you are, you know, known as a keyboard player? I mean, I've, other people have said that. Look, I mean, it's very obvious. I'm a huge fan of the guitar. And ever since Van Halen or even Michael Schenker in 78, when I got into UFO, but mainly that first Van Halen record just really changed everything for me. And even though I, I played the keyboards, there's just a certain way that Edward Van Halen was able to have a signature style on his instrument. I felt it was so awesome. And I wanted to try to achieve that on keyboards. And I think that that's, uh, a very hard thing to obtain on any instrument and keyboards. It's especially hard because it inherently is a cold instrument. It's, it's digital. It's in a box. You can't see the keyboardist's hands most of the time. I mean, like a guitar player and you really need to make these instruments emote and, and have feelings. So that's a huge challenge in itself. And that's, you know, to me, my biggest goal as a keyboard player and musician is to have that signature sound. So every time you hear the solo or no matter what instrument I play, whether it's a Hammond organ, a lead synth, piano, that I have my identifiable style on all of those instruments. And uh, I'm constantly working towards that. Hey, Derek, I remember watching a video of you from 2008 because I, I was wanting to buy a Korg M3. Mm -hmm. And you're playing it at NAMM. <laughs> and I have a Korg M3. And let me tell you something. The piano does not sound the way it does when you play it, <laughs> nor does the organ. But you you said something interesting in that interview. And I was wondering, since we're now 14 years later, you said, I want a keyboard that right out of the box, I can just dive in and start trying to find some killer sounds. Are you still kind of in that mindset where you don't want to spend a ton of time trying to design a sound or do you focus on that a little bit more now that we have all this technology? Well, I mean, it shouldn't take that much time to find the sound. I mean, that's one thing with the Hammond organ. That's such a beautiful instrument. Yeah. It's an organ sound, but there's so many different combinations through the draw bars and the pedals and that you can really, you can't just use one sound for every song. You have to shape, the sound and I think that's part of being a great keyboard player is that you can find that sound or great tone on any of the instruments that fit the song. And then along sort of that same line, doing a solo album 
you know, you obviously have a lot more time on your hands to compose and, and if you're working with Simon, but when you're in these super groups, you know, such as like Sons of Apollo and, and Black Country, that's more like you just kind of guys all just sort of get in a room and jam. You don't really bring in any preconceived notions. You Wait, for Sons of Apollo? Yes. No, Sons of Apollo, Ron and I bring in everything as preconceived and then okay. we bring it into... Uh, to Mike's place and then we arrange it from there. But all the riffs, I mean, it isn't like we're just sitting there jamming and hey, that's a cool riff, let's build on that. I mean, everything is either from Ron or me. Okay, but what about with Black Country? Black Country is primarily written by Glenn and, and Joe, but mainly Glenn. There was one album where Jason and I uh, collaborated on and I personally think that was the best of the Black Country albums and I hope that we get if we were to do another one that Jason and I would get to write as well but yeah it's basically based around Glenn and, and Joe Right. Where, where is your comfort level then? Because, you know, as, as we stated earlier, especially with Sons of Apollo, it's, it's pretty well known that you are kind of the creative force. Are you comfortable to go into a situation like, and just having like Glenn Hughes primarily writing everything? I mean, I know he's a you know hall of fame type musician, but seems like that would take you out of your comfort zone a little bit as far as the creative process for a release. Well, yeah, but it is what it is. I mean, I knew, what the deal it was going in that it was going to be based around Glenn and Joe. And so in situations like that, I either have the choice to say, no, I don't want to be part of it or accept the situation for what it is and add as much as I can to uh, the sound. And that's what I've tried to do the whole time. And it's also been great for me to work on my organ chops since I've been in black country communion it's the first time I've ever played a Hammond live on stage. And okay. it's really forced my organ game up a lot, which has spilled over into all my other bands. You can listen to Sons of Apollo. There's Hammond organ everywhere on my solo records. Sure. So, no, that's it's, it's a cool thing. Right on, man. Well, speaking of Sons of Apollo, and I don't want to take this too far from the Vortex, but... Um, I, I have to admit, I was surprised when I got this solo release from you and when I got the complicated record from um, from Jeff, just because I really thought that as COVID wound down, you guys would have found your way back together to doing a new record. So where where do we stand with Sons of Apollo? Are there ideas floating out there? Is there a record? Is that project done? Where does that all stand? Well, we have some makeup shows to do in okay. South America this August. So we're going to do that. And other than that, there's no plans for Sons of Apollo or Black Country Communion Records or, or yeah, either of those bands. All my focus right now has been on, uh, is promoting Vortex, but I'm also writing my next solo album with Simon, which is going to be a piano trio album. Uh -huh. And I'm very excited. So I've been practicing very hard and, and uh, trying to get my piano skills up and composition. Hey, Derek, so you've collaborated with all these great guitar players. Have you ever thought about doing an album with like just a bunch of super amazing keyboard players and how that would play out? Is that something you've ever considered? No, I mean, it really doesn't interest me. I, I'd like to do something uh, with Jan Hammer or, you know, maybe right. Jens Johansson or something. But I mean, not really. It's not on my list. Right on. Well, well, Derek, um, 
one one thing that I, I was reading in, in the press when I was getting ready to talk to you about this release is I was I was kind of amazed at how many different awards that you've won. Everything from best best keyboard player of the of the decade and of the last century. I mean, you've won a ton of different awards. And I'm curious for somebody like you, I, I, I'm making a guess here that you're not somebody that, that really worries too much. I'm, I'm sure you appreciate it, but you, I, it doesn't seem like you're out there selling that fact either. So how do accolades affect you? Do they make you, do they, do they make you feel good? Do they make you feel like that it gives you, you know, license to ask maybe musicians of a higher caliber to work with you? How do awards affect you? I just think it's nice when the public's opinion of my playing is equal to my own. Oh, <laughs> that's easy enough. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, man. Well, well, Derek, uh, moving back to the Vortex, obviously the, the title track is the first song. Now, did you pick that or is that a um, record company pick or basically no, how no, did that I, become? I, I picked it. I mean, that was the most up-tempo song and I thought it was uh, – just rocking, and I thought it was a great way to to start off the record. And Simon agreed. That was we both thought the same thing, so we went with it. Oh, very cool. So, Derek, just curious, how many times have you been approached, like let's say by someone super famous in the industry? Hey, can you play on my album? And you're just like, no, that's that's not for me. Is that something that happens more than you would think, or? No, I mean, look in. It would take a lot for me to not play on, you know, someone's record. I mean, I, I do a lot of session work. Like I play on a lot of people's albums. And sometimes if the music just isn't developed enough or if the playing's kind of, you know, weak or whatever, I'll kindly just let the people know, go, look, maybe this, uh, develop this a little bit further and then maybe I can give it a listen down the line. Like I, I respectfully will bow out of it, but, you know, if if it's something just that I don't want to do, I'll just make up an excuse and say I'm busy. <laughs> hey, you made you made a curious comment about uh, you know how much of a UFO fan you were in '78. So you were obviously you know probably playing piano at that time, classical piano. Was that did you see like John Lord and Keith Emerson and people like that and say I want to be that, or was it just kind of like you were saying where you got into the Shinker and the Van Halen and you said I wanted to be that but on keyboard. It's, it's different. I mean, I got into Elton John early as a kid. So, I mean, I, I liked the concept of playing in a band and, and piano. But then afterwards, uh, wait, what, what was the question? Oh, just more like, were you more inspired by seeing a guitar player and then wanting to play the keyboard that way? Or was it more focused on just actual keyboard players you'd seen? No, it was more of trying to channel that Van Halen fire and spirit into the keyboards. And I wasn't really seeing any other keyboard player playing like that. Jan Hammer a little bit, uh, but still not to the levels I was envisioning it. Sure. Well, well, Derek, you mentioned um, a little bit ago that you do have some Sons of Apollo gigs to play, um, you know, in August. So where does that leave you for solo and, and touring? Are you going to, tour with uh, the vortex or, and are you we're gonna play a couple of select shows with simon and bumblefoot's gonna play guitar which i'm very excited about and we're working on getting some more dates together hey guys i want to say this i have another um, appointment at 
1230, but I want to give you guys all the time you need. So if you want to call Chip and book a second okay. um, thing so you can go as long as you want. I just, they got me on a tight schedule. Today. No, it's all good. I think we only have a couple more anyway. So, um, all right. Well, um, you know, Derek, one of the things I did want to ask you is, um, and I know it's your old band and I know you're not tied to them anymore, but um, you obviously were once in dream theater and um, you know, they, they made their historic step recently by winning a Grammy. How, what, what were your thoughts when you see, when you see them finally getting the recognition from, from the establishment that, you know, that has kind of been overdue for the last 20 years. I think it's well-deserved and my and uh, a band that is stuck to their guns, like Dream Theater has, gets rewarded with uh, an accolade like that. And I think it's awesome. Right on, man. Well, well, Derek, um, we'll go. We'll, yeah, we're here. We're, <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and wrap this one up, Derek. Um, the, obviously, the new album is called The Vortex. It is out on July 1st. And where should we tell people to go to get the vortex and uh keep up with you and tour dates and all that stuff hello hello <laughs> hey can you hear me oh you, you guys have been cutting out did you hear my response no <laughs> not not to the dream theater question you kind of cut in and out oh okay uh no so ask the question again uh, take two all right okay here we go um, well, Derek, as somebody that was in Dream Theater, uh, they finally won a Grammy, which is a great award for them. And, uh, you know, as, as somebody that was in the band, what are your impressions of the band finally getting the recognition from the industry that they deserve? I think it's incredible. And my congratulations go out to the guys. I think it's great when an artist that plays unfiltered and sticks to their and stuck to their guns the way that Dream Theater has. That's awesome. And and they deserve to be rewarded. And I'm happy for them. All right. Well, Derek, obviously, man, the, the new album is called The Vortex. It is out on July 1st. And where should we tell people to go to get, um, get The Vortex and find out tour dates and all that stuff from you? You can go to... Um, my social media, Derek Sherinian official at Instagram or Derek Sherinian at Twitter or Inside Out Music website for all info to buy The Vortex. All right. Well, one more time. The album is called The Vortex. It is Derek Sherinian. And Derek, thanks so much for joining us on Talking Into Infinity. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. Thanks, right. buddy. Thanks, Derek. Hey guys, my name's Scott Bowling. I have a YouTube show called Good Company with Bowling. What's up? This is Clint Lowry from Seven Dust. Hey, what's up? This is Sonny Mayo. Hey, Ricky Rackman. And you're watching Good Company with Scott Bowling. I've interviewed bands like Limp Bizkit, Fozzie, Seven Dust, Korn. I've had Chris Farley's brother, Tom Farley, on the show. My show is kind of like a modern day Wayne's World. Party! If you love a good interview, a good rock interview, or just any kind of interview, please, if you get a chance, check out my show, Good Company with both.